Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On the 15th of December at the Camden Powerhouse in London Town. Well, not Santa Claus, but me, cabaret legend Lenny Beige, as I host my very special Regency Rooms Christmas Extravaganza. It's an old-school variety show with some of the names that made my club the talk of the town and some of the very best new acts working the circuit today. Plus, there might even be a household name or two thrown in for good measure. Add to that a band of world-class session players, and you've got the greatest Christmas variety show out there. There's literally no show like it. Tickets are from £25. Just visit ctickets.com. That's ctickets.com and enter Regency Rooms and get booking. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. It's a special Sunday night edition. Like, special purely for the reason that we can't do it tomorrow as we normally do it. So we're pulling it forward. Fresh reflections on Arsenal v Newcastle from me, Boyd Hilton, him, Josh Landy in his Soho style office, and special guest, Ollie Shorts, chocolate magnate, currently Yoda lookalike. Um, he's wearing a hoodie, listeners, and um, he's a bit cold. Hi, Ollie. Good evening. Great to be here. Great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yes, already Josh has something to ask. Well, I mean, before we get into the important uh, details, um, we must talk about the scoreboard, I feel, Boyd. Yes, yes, we must. They've listened a triumph. to they, Yeah. I, I wasn't sure that our podcast had power until I saw yeah. the improvements in the podcast on Saturday. Yeah, I think I think it's clearly down to us. Um, we were the pe- first people to point out. I don't care. I don't care any about any of the other hundred or so Arsenal podcasts or blogs or Twitter accounts. We were the ones who drew everyone's attention to the fact that they couldn't fit the two teams lineups on the electronic scoreboard, and some dunderhead had decided to kind of toggle between the two teams in an insane manner. But lo and behold, on Saturday against Newcastle. Both teams fully there. Not only that, I saw some new graphics, Josh. Um, I think when something happened, like it was either a corner or I think it was a yellow card or something like that, or time, how much time there was left. And there was like a big clock graphic. They've definitely like hired a new company or got some new boffin in who knows what they're doing when it comes what, to... What was remarkable about the score, yeah. the, the scoreboard was how long it did take yeah. to change. A third of a season. Understood. Literally, you look at it and you're just like, is it going to change? And you kind of look at it for a little bit longer than you give up. And by the time you've gone back to it, it was still on Arsenal. And uh, yeah, Yeah. it was was like a memory test, wasn't it? It was like, can you remember? You're looking at the screen to work out which of the opposition players just grotesquely fouled, you know, whoever, um, 
Tucker, probably. And then it's gone from the screen. It's like a memory test. Can you remember who the name when you quickly looked at the number on the thing? Yeah, it was absolutely preposterous. But they fixed it. I do, however, Josh, have other issues I'd like to address in the um, in the kind of oh, yeah. forward arsenal. Yeah. Um, it still t- it takes a it still takes a long time to get in with the electronic cards. Yes. Oh, yeah. You have, well, you have a story to tell. I, well, I didn't get in for kickoff. Um, right. Yeah. Because well, gate F um, was incredibly busy and i don't really understand why but then gate g next to us wasn't that busy and eventually they beckoned a whole load of people after i never knew did you know this ollie you you can go in on the gate next to you it works i don't i i did i did know that um i never knew that i've stood in gate (laughs) f like a lemon looking at jealously at g as they all it's I, yeah, I did know, but not that I've ever actually moved to us. But I did check for the AFC Wimbledon game. Um, we did go and get tickets in a different area. We wanted a, a different view. Um, and I think we missed, because of some issue getting in, uh, we didn't We didn't turn up till about half an hour into the game. It was it was terrible. Wow. And, wow. and, you know, that was, I think that was just before the Spurs game. So the Spurs game, we got in like super, super early. But I, you know, I don't know what is going on with Arsenal at the moment with this, these, these, these issues at the turnstile. And it just takes forever, doesn't it? It's just, yeah. it's, it's absolute madness. But what are you can do, I don't think, I don't think anyone cares to try and change it. Um, what although happened? we did, yeah, we did stop going up the stairs to be checked in and they did it at the turnstiles after uh, the first game. I don't know. What happened for you, boy? Did you have a bad experience? It was mainly no. It was mainly that it, it, it's really a slow process. It's the people in front. It's people trying to get their phones working for the phone entry. I think the phone entry is the biggest problem. I just don't think it's working particularly well. Like the idea that you can. So they sent out cards. You know these credit card sized cards, sometimes with actual credit cards um, on them. Um, and that they're what they're pretty easy to use. But once but they kind of encourage everyone to use the. The, your wallet, you know, the app and the wallet and all that. And it's just people just like fumbling around with their phones, trying to get the light on. And it's just, a, it's just, it's just infuriating. It gets everyone kind of anxious because, I mean, I'll be honest with you, by the way, we did leave it way too late to arrive at the ground. Obviously we had a lovely breakfast um, in Islington and we couldn't get, we couldn't get a cab in time to get to Holloway Road. And it's one of those things, it's too long away from there to the ground to walk and it's kind of like you know you have but it's quite really hard to get a cab you know and to order one in advance so we we kind of got there about we we're about five minutes to spare and was then desperate to get in and they're also officious about rucksacks and you know oh it's just it's just officiousness sounds like you were almost a little bit to blame yourself Yes, I, I admit that. I'm admitting that we we did right. we did get there way too late, despite the fact that I kept saying during because we I need to order a car and then I never got rented. Right. A car. It was it was, was it was it an Uber you got? No, we got a black cab in the end. We, got, oh, we were very lucky. Cab. Yeah, we got a big new big new black cab. Yeah, all all, all five of us or whatever. Yeah, could get in. Oh, nice. So it was um, yeah, it was fine. And it was a very lovely breakfast, I must say. Um, and one of our party, get this, get this, Ollie. <laughs> um, we had you know I had like roasty potatoes and fried eggs and, you know, people having omelettes. And, but one of our party, I'm going to name him, Dom. Dom Baldwin had snails. Yes. Breakfast. Yeah, for breakfast. I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say, like, I, I quite like a snail, but not for breakfast. Yeah. No. I mean, he had breakfast as well. 
so he had like I think he had like an omelette as well, but he had a, a, a portion of snails. What eleven a.m. He's tucking away some snails. Eleven eleven thirty a.m. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, t- not actually, massive difference. Yeah, actually ten thirty a.m. I think we arrived at ten thirty a.m. No, in fact, it might even be earlier. Um, yeah, extraordinary. So I didn't I've never even had think it would be. I didn't, I didn't even know you could get the snails for breakfast. I didn't even know that there was a thing that was a you know. Yeah, I mean, he went off piece. He went off menu, obviously, but the lovely people at the lovely restaurant um, gave him the snails that he so craved. And then, because you then ate like snails, you left the restaurant too late, and you didn't make the game. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It is true. Um, and my other complaint, which isn't my fault, is that on club level, right? Famously, apart from the whole point of us paying a vast amount of money for our tickets on club level, is you get free. A drink half time, alcoholic Boy, beverage. I'm not sure looking for sympathy from having the amount of money to spend on club level is no, the right no, way no, to no, go. no, 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 right. no, 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 no. People, people spend their, you know, it's their biggest outlay. It's my biggest outlay, you know, in my, is, is my Oscar ticket. And lots of normal people, we say that I say this all the time on club level. But, at, but right, they give out free bottles of Camden Hell's Lager, which is a lovely, refreshing drink. You have to queue up, it's, it's a morass of people. And there's like one guy, you know, in, in our bit, one guy with this fucking loads and loads of these bottles, and he's, he's dealing with like hundreds of people. And they have a one per oh. person policy. So you can't get, yeah, right. So you have to, all of you have to, have to queue up together to get a fucking bottle, one bottle each of this, of this, of this locker. Now, what is the fucking point of that? Are they, you know, they're worried they're going to run out too quickly? Or, but, so what it means is instead of having like 30 people queuing up for, two or three bottles for them and their friends. You've got one person queued up with hundreds of people all surrounding him trying to get a fucking bottle. It is ridiculous. Yeah. What would you think the best solution would be? They need more people dotted around doing the... I mean, more people, more people dotted around. Just let people, just chillax. Just let people have one or two. Just let them have two. One each at least. You know, who... who Who's on their own, you know, getting one bottle per person? It's ridiculous. Did you... Ridiculous rule. Did you get one yourself? Yes, I got one. And then luckily... Luckily, Tom of the snails controversy was behind me and managed to get two, you know, for for uh, for, for Derman himself. So, How yeah. long does it take to get your beer? I mean, to, are you missing? Could, are you missing the start of the second half? Well, I mean, I know because I'm I'm pretty good at making sure I don't. But people do. I mean, loads of people do. Yeah, for that reason. Yeah. If you, I, I mean, if you look, just look at the look at the TV pictures. You'll see. Yeah, people always assume you know that, that the club level people are swanning around having you know prawn sandwiches and Dermot reminded me that in the very early days of club level, they actually had an oyster and champagne outlet in our bit, right? And it lasted about a week because it was so ridiculous. No one was interested, like because people aren't normal people. We're not all fucking coffee, champagne, oysters. Anyway, it takes quite a long time. That is partly why it, there is a late arrival back from half time on Club Eleven because everyone's wet, queuing up to find their fucking free is, drink. Is Dom leading the campaign to get the oysters back so so you can have his oysters? Um, I think he probably would. Yeah, well, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think he probably would. Let's anyway, see how influential probably... this podcast is yeah. if we can bring yeah, we'll that. Yeah, we'll see. We will. See. I remember in the, in the West Stand at Highbury, there was always the the guy selling bagels, wasn't there? Bagels. There was one... Yeah. Missed right. it. I did. They did have a very good bagel um, yeah. stand, and I remember when, when I was my season ticket was in the West Upper um, at Highbury, and it was it was an absolute delight. It was a wonderful chicken mayo. It was delicious. Yeah. When I was a teenager, when I used to go, when I was a teenager, yeah, lovely, lovely bagels. It was it seemed like luxury um, that we that we had those. Yeah, lovely bagel and coffee at half time, and it was very civilized. You know, despite yeah. like fifty seven thousand or however many people were there. 
you know, when he could stand. Anyway, we should probably talk about the match. Come on, let's 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 get to the point, I guess. Were you there, Ollie? As, as well? No, no, I actually no? wasn't. I had a I, okay. I was supposed to go, but then last minute family emergency and oh, um uh, it happens, it happens, it's one of those things. And you, you um, had the TV I, coverage. I watched my, my dad came over and we uh we watched it together on, on BT Sport and it was well, it was very cold outside, so a little bit of me at half time. It's like, well, I've lucked out here. Um, but you, you want to be there. You want to get the atmosphere. You want to, uh, you know, you don't, you don't want to miss a, I don't want to miss a game. Um, but um, the, the TV coverage was, was, was excellent, so I can't complain. And we got a great result. Well, you had the excellent Martin Keown on your on duty, yep. so that was uh, yep. all part of the good coverage. Um, Boyd, what did you? What did you, I, I wasn't aware until later. There was obviously a lot of problems with the Newcastle fans travelling. Did you? Did you hear about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Problems on the on the train travel, but there is a reality. You know, you see people sort of asking for delayed kickoffs and things like that, but. And it obviously is frustrating a few hundred people travelling the length of the country. I mean, the problem is that the game's at 12.30. You know, yeah. for people to get from Newcastle, it's it's ridiculous, but we're all sadly used to it. And, you know, we all travel to Old Trafford, don't we, on Thursday night with no no trains back, and it's it's ridiculous. Which um, is an 8.15 kickoff, isn't 8:15. it? Uh, fucking ridiculous, yeah. yeah. 8.15. Yeah. Um, yeah. But sadly, just with the way of the world and, you know, hundreds of millions of people you know, watching certain TV slots, I think reality of getting these things moved is is incredibly difficult. Um, but yeah, I I, I thought um, that it. I mean, just talking about the lineup, I I, I really felt mm. Odegaard was going to come back in. I changed my fantasy league draft team and oh. brought Odegaard oh, in, well. and I, I thought it was all about him. I was a little bit surprised to see Tavares. If if yeah. I'm honest, I, I thought he might, and I just wondered about Lukonga. I thought he had a pretty poor start to that second half at, at Anfield and maybe there was going to be an opportunity yeah. for, for Maitland-Niles, even Elneny, but in the end, it was just one change. Yeah, I thought, um, I don't know about you, Ollie, but I thought Arteta kind of, I thought he, it was a bit of a triumph for him because I would say before the game, when we read out the team team news to everyone, I think everyone was surprised that Tierney wasn't back in because I don't think um, Tavares had the best game uh, against Liverpool. I mean, well, he wasn't the only one, but he definitely, you know, he was definitely run pretty ragged in that game and made the odd cock up. I mean, gave the ball away a couple of times in key moments. So it was, it was a, it was a genuine surprise that he retained his position, and he was brilliant, wasn't he? And he had an amazing game, highlighted on match of the day. I don't know if they, I haven't actually watched it back yet on BT Sport, which I normally do, but um, they had a whole epic um, section devoted to how good he was on match of the day. So that that decision was a triumph. Now, I think we need to have an in-depth discussion about Odegaard because um, our WhatsApp group is dominated by Odegaard talk. So I think, to put it bluntly, Dan Baldwin, who, you know, former regular, former weekly um, uh, person on this podcast, now rare, all too rare visitor, and some all too rare visitor to us as well, it has to be said, he's a busy man. He thinks Odegaard is not, he is not particularly happy with Odegaard, he's not a fan, I would say. Um, in fact, let me read out, I'm going to read out what he said in our chat about him. Last night, um, here we go, here we go, here we go. Um, he's slow, ploddy, slows down our attacks. I would have rather have spent 40 million elsewhere, but we've got him now, so good luck to him and us. Ollie, what's your feeling about? <laughs> um, I, I kind of get where he's coming from because he hasn't come in and, you know, I don't think he's, you know, been a shining light of this this Arsenal side, especially when you look at, you know, some of the other new players that have come in. You know, he's 
I, I, there's a player in there. There's, you know, for sure there's a player in there. Right? You know, I think our WhatsApp group were having a discussion about Partey. There's a player in there, but he's not. He's not been. He's, he's not come to the forefront of you know what's making Arsenal tick at the moment. And he's. They, they, I think he's a superb player, but at the moment it's. It sometimes takes a, a while for players just to get used to it, get up to speed with the Premier League. Um, I know he had half a season, but you know I, I, we've got to give him a bit of time. But I also just don't. Our attack is is still an issue. We mm. still struggle to break teams down, um, and it's something that Arteta just needs to to have a look at. I think when when um, Lacazette came in and we sort of went to that four four two, it worked for a little bit. But actually, I think Ob- Obama Yang's been he's he, he's the one that's not performing at all. He seems a little bit lost. It's, I don't know how long it took for him to get into the game, yet alone a touch. I think his first touch was the open goal miss, pretty much. Um, but, you know, I, I think there's not just Odegaard. I think there's Odegaard, there's, there's uh, Partey, there's Aubameyang, and they all, need to, they all need to step up. And if they can, then we can hopefully get, you know, a good result on Thursday and Monday and in what I think are two very tough games. Would you pick Odegaard in that game against a man you... Yeah, I, I would. The... No, no, I, I yeah. would. I, I think a little bit of me feels that actually the, the player that I would, would drop would be um, would it be Aubameyang. I just think that Lacazette just does offer a little bit more up front at the moment with his hold-up play versus what Aubameyang's doing. But then, you know, can you really drop Oba? I, I don't know, but he did do it last season on, you know, plenty of times when he was um, on the bench after that poor run of form. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know, but I would I would start Odegaard for sure. I don't think that there's I don't think that one performance should mean that you just exit the team, and and I think that's why Tavares you know kept his place because I think that was his fifth start in a row, sixth start in a row, and he was been pretty yeah. solid apart from a game against Liverpool where I don't think one player apart from Ramsdale mm. you know mm. you know covered themselves any glory. Yeah, that's fair. What do you think, Josh? Do you think um, are you pro Odegaard broadly, or you do you have doubts? Um, I, I, I'm pro Odegaard, I'm somewhere on on the fence. I think really, I think he's been given plenty, um, you know, of, of of opportunity. I think he's pretty much played a part in in, in every game since coming into the in the team against uh, Man City and that thumping we got at the Etihad. He's you know he has been at least given opportunities off the bench in a way that you can go, well, Pepe hasn't, um, you know, Martinelli obviously did on Saturday, but hasn't been given at all times. Um, so I think Arteta must, uh, you know, must fancy him, you know, pretty, pretty significantly. And and that seems obvious in the way that, you know, he went from being on loan to Arteta, presumably forcing through a move for him to, to sign permanently. Uh, you, you want to see more of an output. I mean, I'm, he's got one goal, hasn't he, so far? Mm. Um, Direct free kick as well. The, the free kick at Burnley, wasn't it? I don't think he's had an assist yet this season. He 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 um, he, he had a really good free kick against um, Newcastle, didn't he? Which was unlucky. Which well, was really it was fine. The free kick, I thought, it was one of them. It was, good. The I thought it was good. Mm, oh. Goalkeepers helped Gosh. him make it look better. Okay. It's not in the corner. Oh. It's it's okay. floated in. The goalie will save that. I think more than nine yeah. times out of ten. Um, so look, I, I think there's a, a player. I think he'll persist with him. I think he will probably uh, start at Old Trafford, and uh, hopefully there's more to come. And so too from Abamyang. I, I wouldn't be dropping Abamyang. I mean, it's a, you wouldn't say a freak miss, um, 
It's, it's certainly this. You must have had a very good view from your vantage point, boys, up uh, of Aubameyang's mission. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was horrific. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it got to him. He looked didn't happy, did he? From what I could, I could see on uh, the highlights, it, it was remarkable. But it wasn't. You know, if you look go back to the Watford game as well, missed penalty yeah. and oh, his, yeah. His, yeah. he stole Odegaard's goal. Um, and I, what, what was it when Saka scored and it was given offside? Actually, Ober should have controlled the ball better and, and and scored into an empty net. So he's he's he should have had at least three or four goals in the last two games, and he's he's mustered none. So it's a it's a slight concern for sure. Hmm. I mean, Man United rested dropped Ronaldo today, so um, anything could happen. And it's, it's, it reminds me a little bit of that situation in a way. Aubameyang was kind of pressing, wasn't he? Which famously, there's a. We, we, I want to talk about the brilliant discussion of Ronaldo, by the way, on uh, Skydive. If you saw the Carragher, Roy Keane um, argument, which was fantastic. Um, but uh, I feel like there's Oba's like sometimes presses from the front, and you know, kind of he can do it really well. Like there was a there was a period not too long ago, I think, where he was seemingly doing it really well. But then against Newcastle, he didn't seem to be doing that very much. I mean, not that Newcastle posed much of a threat, but. When they occasionally did, he didn't seem to contribute to any great attempt to press the ball at all. Um, but you know what? I, my thing with Odegaard is I'm kind of on the fence as well. I do feel where I think Dan is right. I do think he slows us down. Like I think we've been much more dynamic in the last month or so without him, with Lacazette behind Aubameyang in that four-four-one-one kind of setup. I just think. I just think um, Lacazette is a, you know, even though he's getting on a bit, you know, he's actually a really one of our most dynamic athletic players and kind of, you know, I'm not saying his pace is amazing at his age, but he he just, I think he just lights up the attack. And Odegaard is a different kind of player, isn't he? He's kind of noodling around. But I think we've had, I think we have a bit too much noodling around. And certainly in the first half against Newcastle, I thought it was, was, we were pretty poor generally. Noodling. Yeah, noodling. You know, like, it's a word. It's a, you no, know I mean, I mean, it's not a word you associate usually with football uh, lingo. Well, it's more uh, something you'd probably have for your lunch or breakfast <laughs> with Dom and the rest super of them noodling. Noodling, noodling around in Islington. Super somewhere. noodling. Yeah. Um, but that's what, that's what we do often, Arsenal. You know, when at our worst, you know, when we're faced with, you know, the low block or whatever, you know, and we're faced with a defensive formation against us, we often just noodle it around and pass back and pass in the, you know, pass sideways and all of that. Whereas I feel in the, one of the great things about the four four one one with Lacazette and Aubameyang was that I thought he solved that and I thought our attack had decided to look better, Oli. So I fear slightly that I wouldn't play Odegaard against Man United. I, I, I would go back to the four four one one that was that was more dynamic until the new because really the new. Castle game was two amazing goals, right? For I me, mean, you know, two two. I mean, one great goal, one beautiful goal. Um. From Martinelli, but actually, the I didn't think the performance was. It was like it's the team at the bottom, and we were pretty. And the, certainly, the first half we were pretty mediocre. But I, I, but Newcastle were very well drilled. You have to say like new manager in they are their, their lines across the field. I don't think it was ever going to be a walk apart. They, 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 you know, they were in a massive relegation fight from now. They were going to dig in. I think Arsenal's performance was was absolutely like par, fine, not ex, not brilliant. Yeah but yeah. definitely not terrible, did enough to win the game. But um, not as good as we have been with, with Lacazette playing instead of Odegaard. I think. Yeah, but I, I, I think that, yeah, you know, as, as Josh mentioned, you know, the new managers come in, um, you know, he, he, he came 
to part the bus really ultimately that's you know yeah that's that, that and and actually you know they did have a few opportunities um to to get a goal uh, you know the, the penalty was very iffy you've seen them given um you you, yep. you know thankfully yep. for us it, you know it went in in, in our favor um yeah. so it was it was one of those results where you know when you're when you're aiming for something, you know, we're aiming for, you know, a European spot. You're just like, yeah, job done, move on. Nothing fancy. It wasn't spectacular. We did exactly what we needed to do as, as, as Josh said. Um, and I was, yeah, I was, I was, I was pretty happy with it. Sometimes you fun. just, yeah, you just yeah. want those results. You just want those performances. You can't have, sure. you can't have a three, one versus Spurs, you know, every week. Yeah. You say it was not spectacular, but it, it, I mean, the goal, Martinez's goal was beautiful and spectacular. I mean, wasn't it? It was like, I think it was, I'm so pleased for him. Well, that was down in my corner. And I have to say one of the most enjoyable sort of viewing yeah. experiences you, you can yeah. have um, to those of us in, in block 12. I, I, at first I almost thought somebody else was possibly just put a bit too much on it. And if you look back at it, Martinelli doesn't really have time to even look where the goalkeeper is coming mm. is. It's so instinctive um, just to get a great connection on the ball and, and put it sort of goalwards. And I don't think maybe Dubravka is expecting a sort of first-time shot. And by the time he, he reacts, it's, it's too late. It, it, was, it was beautiful. And just as um, Martinelli came on, um, a friend who was with me was you know, referencing that goal against Chelsea and we were sort of trying to work out when, when that was and concluded what it was sort of January, 2020 and we're not far off two, two years away. And, you know, it, you know, there yeah. haven't been enough, you know, amazing moments of, of Martinelli. So it was so nice that um, not only will people immediately think of that goal at Chelsea, I think this one will, will be oh, up yeah. there as well. A beautiful finish. And he had another opportunity. He had another mass fantastic run, kind of a bit later, didn't he? Which he, which he just, which he lost, he lost control of the ball at the last yeah. minute. But that could have been. He had another brilliant chance, Ollie. I think. I think it's interesting with Martinelli, isn't it? Because he's, because he's like, he has, he's come on as a sub a lot. You know, he hasn't had many starts in in those two years. And I feel like, it's often I feel like, oh, he's not. He doesn't get long enough to show us what he can do. But he certainly showed us what he can do in that game. And now with your, with your. Or should should we drop Aubameyang? Do you think we should play Martinelli instead? <laughs> I, I'm I'm unsure if we if we do drop over, but no, I wouldn't start Martinelli. No, I think he's uh, I, I, the opportunities that he's actually had this season have been in the in the League Cup. I think it was against Wimbledon against Leeds, um, and he he hasn't done it. He never did anything in those games to make me think that you know he should be even pressing to 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 start a league game, um, and. and he, he kind of, you know, he has lived off that Chelsea goal, um, you know, an assist by, was it Kante, pretty much, you know, he slips on the halfway line, you know, it was, it was a lovely finish, um, but that's what everyone remembers him for. Um, but it was, it, it wasn't some exquisite piece of skill that got him clear um, in, 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 on a, in a one, one-on-one situation. But he, he, he's got a lot of goals in the Europa League. And I think sometimes um, having the Europa League and having the opportunity to play these players more regularly allows them to find that form. And we haven't had that because ultimately the only op- real opportunity these fringe players have is in the league cup, which we've only had two, two, two fixtures, um, you know, and in seasons gone by, you know, we would have had, you know, another five Europa league fixtures for somebody to say, start me. And he hasn't had that opportunity. 
Yeah, I mean, with Martinelli, boy, you, you talk about opportunities, but he, he played in those opening games of the season against Brentford where, oh, yeah. you know, he had a striker yeah. shortage and then yeah. he was um, started against Chelsea when we were totally dominated in the 2-0 the defeat at home. But since then, he had a total of 11 minutes in Premier League football sort of coming into the Newcastle game. So he, he really hadn't been given a, given a sniff, really, to, to all extents and purposes. I think he... I think he was on the pitch maybe when we got that late equaliser, was it against Palace? I, I think, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I think he yeah, was. Yeah, he was, yeah. So, you know, the, very little opportunity, but there is such goodwill. I mean, what a reception he got when he came on. Yeah. He, he's yeah. really loved, isn't he? For someone yeah, that is, he is yeah. proportionally to what he's played for the yeah. club. He's, uh, he's I think what Oli was, saying, he's, he, he, Oli was saying he's lived on that goal, but I think it's the, uh, we've lived on that goal. I think it's us that keep... You know, thinking about that Chelsea, the goal against Chelsea, and thinking he could do and have another run like that, which he nearly did yesterday in, in the game against Newcastle, as I said, and then lost control at the end. So I think it's it's not I think it's not him who's been living on. It's us as, as as fans of him, and kind of feel like I, I whenever I think of him, I think of that goal and that run. Um, and now we've got two brilliant goals to think of, or two with the one yes, the one against Newcastle even better. Well, especially because I doesn't think he showed that much skill in the um, in the one against Chelsea. <laughs> I, but, I think the Chelsea one is, and I think why we, we think about it so much as fans. Is it was one of the last yes. away days before yeah. lockdown, and and for most Arsenal fans, it was probably their, their yeah their very last away game. So it's in the back of your mind as you know, a, a, you know, a, a great moment. Um, and we didn't have for eighteen months, you know, that euphoria um, that that yeah. goal brought. Um, so I think that has a part to play in it as well. I think you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He is a delightful. I think you know in the post-match interviews, he's got that brilliant, like Cockney South American kind of accent, hasn't he? That kind of like floats in and out of various continents as he's speaking. He has like brilliant, like a reliance on a kind of youth Arsenal London phrases in the middle of his. He's just a really, really kind of lovely guy. Seems to be a really likable presence in the post-match interview. Him and Saka together, the dream, the dream ticket when it comes to that. But um, we should take a break. Um, obviously, and we've got a huge game to look, up, to look forward to on Thursday, and we'll talk about that and a bit more about the game on Saturday after this. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean... And more Steve McQueen. Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at Cooler dot bike or find them on instagram with hashtag cooler king bike cooler dot bike e-bikes that are cool af and we're back did you know by the way josh talking of the break this was drawn uh, uh, my attention was drawn to this fact that i did not know until saturday when my friends that I was having brunch with who listen to the podcast very very um delightfully and very very um happy they do religiously every week that when we go to the ad break that we play we do like to be beside the seaside 
with that, do you know this? Have you ever listened back? I never listen back. I can't listen to myself, obviously, because I think I sound like a complete fucking idiot. Um, but yeah, so when we go into the ads, there's a little bit of the Go West theme tune, which is our main theme tune by the Pet Shores. And then there's like this bizarre, I, I do like to be beside the seaside tune plays out. Were you aware? Uh, I think I was loosely aware. I thought that was your personal oh. choice, Boyd. I thought <laughs> no. you'd be insisting on that. Um, we it's can so presumably speak to the uh, relevant production authorities to uh, to change it if you don't like. Yeah. What would you What would you like instead? Just Just I, don't, I mean, just another bit of Go West, or you know, okay. something, or I don't know, an Arsenal, an old Arsenal Cup final song, or Ian Wright's song. I don't know. I don't know if anything. The, but the rights on that might be expensive. I don't know what's. Uh, 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 maybe get? that's why. Ah, you know, you've hit the head on the nail on the head, haven't you? Because I bet the um, who would like to be beside the seaside is probably a no rights. There's no copyright or whatever on that, so you could probably use it for free. I imagine, but it's well, so random. It's like we're we're so like Brighton and have Albion or something because we're not by the sea in any no, way, shape, not, or form. We're very much not by the sea. I, no, I would say. anyway, it's, it's nice that your friends listen to the uh, podcast and give you that kind of feedback while you're sitting there scoffing your snails. Great feedback, great feedback. Before we finish talking about the game, I did, as I alluded to um, in my opening remarks, um, I do think it was a great day for Arteta, though, because all of his decisions seem to go right. Like, as I said, picking Tavares over Tierney, triumph. Lukonga, as you said, he could have dropped Lukonga instead of AM, had a really good game, one of his best games, I thought. A couple of brilliant passes, didn't lose the ball very much, seemed very accurate. Um, then he brought on, he br- you know, he brought on Martinelli and he, and he could have brought on Lacazette. I thought I was quite surprised he brought on Martinelli first. Um, and that worked brilliantly. I just so the, the decision John, not to bring on Lacazette, maybe we'll see Lacazette Thursday. I just, yeah, I just I agree. Sense I agree. He'll find a way for him to play. But it all worked for him, you know, and he seemed, and I do, the other thing I was going to say about him in the post-match interviews that I saw on Match of the Day, I mean, obviously, Post-match interviews and managers are much easier when you've won. But he generally seems more, um, like, even when we lost against Liverpool, he seems more relaxed and confident and, and not talking shit, Ollie. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think there was a period when, 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 we, when we lost and he would come up with stuff that seemed fairly random and ludicrous, whereas now I think he seems to be speaking in fairly common sense, quite quite witty and charming. And I think it goes back to that Amy Lawrence interview. Did you, I don't know if you watched that interview, that half hour kind of insight into him. I just think he's got more, seems a more authentic figure these days. I think um, he's, it's his, it's his, it's his 11 now, isn't it? Yeah. And, right. and I, and I think, you know, even when you go back to the first three games of the season, it, it wasn't. And he's never really, I don't think he's ever had, because we were talking about this, you know, uh, at the beginning of the season, you know, who, who is he going to play? But now you 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 know pretty much who that yeah. eleven is going to be, bar maybe one or two, as you say. We're talking about: oh, is he going to play Lacazette? Is he going to stick with Tavares or bring in Tierney? But but pretty much you you know who he's going to play, and I think that and, and obviously winning however many games in a row, uh, sorry, not losing, um, and then that that defeat to, to Liverpool. The defeat to Liverpool is you know, it's an anomaly um, mm. in 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 the current run. I thought I was really really disappointed with the actual performance. Um, you know, despite it being Liverpool, but he, he he knows he's comfortable with what he's what he's got at the moment. Um, and you know, when you win, it buys you it buys you time. It gives you goodwill from the fans as well, and. Um, you know, you know, for the time being, let him enjoy that, and because he 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 deserves it, especially after the start he's had. 
And we're fifth in the league, Josh. You know, it's, we had, it's a pretty good weekend for us, wasn't it, really? Considering um, West Ham lost, you know, to Man City. Um, Man United drew. Um, you know, we, we, we're, we're looking, seeing pretty in fifth, which... Well, you it's know, amazing, got... really. I mean, if you, if you would have, yeah. it goes without saying, you know, after the first three games of the season, we would have, you know, absolutely, you know, gone wild for the idea of being fifth, 13 games in. I mean, it's some in some ways, all the more remarkable. We, we've only scored 15 goals this season um, in our 13 games. And Newcastle have scored as many goals as as us in those, uh, in 13 games. And yet they're obviously like rock bottom. And, and more than that, if you had to turn around and go, well, Aubameyang and Smith Rowe, our top scorers, are on four. Lacazette's only contributed one. You just, you, you wouldn't quite think we would have had enough really to find ourselves um, fifth. And also, uh, you know, it, we've got a little buffer of, of, of three points to the to the yeah. to the teams below. I, I mean, look, if we're excited how the table looks now, it, it could look very, you know, very like, I don't think even if we go to United and lose and get a point at Everton, you know, it's not complete doom and gloom, but if we go there and get a couple of results, wow, we, you know, we're really going to be in a, in and then we've got West Ham. Yeah. They've got West Ham at home. Yeah. That. West Ham to, at home to come and Southampton at home. So to come. Like, there's, there's a, it is, it's, yeah. it's getting it's getting interesting. I mean, in some ways, you just think, oh, you know, just even you think back, well, if we could have beaten Brentford on opening day, you'd have been within four four, four points of Chelsea and stuff like that. So, mm. um, yeah, we it should... It is um, weird, though. I, me- I meant to research this, but I, I didn't have time. It is fairly it's fairly amazing that we're fifth in the league and we have a minus goal difference, a minus two goal difference. Yeah. That, is, that is astonishing. So that can't happen normally, can it? That can't be the case that, you know, as you hit, reach December... Well, it's, it's only the top four that have that have got positive, right? You've got a few teams that have got zero, but it's only the top four. And I think maybe that just sort of, you know, there's been a, a few thumpings handed out by some of the sort of big teams yeah. to the so-called sort of smaller teams in the league. So, yeah, it, it's a bit unusual, but I think you sometimes get it where sort of the top teams are, you know, a slightly... I mean, th- those top three level. are... Their goal difference is, is crazy. It's like yeah. minus, plus plus twenty five plus thirty. I don't know. It's someone plus thirty. Yeah. I know. And Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea are thirty. Uh, Chelsea are uh, twenty six. Man City twenty. Liverpool twenty eight plus twenty eight. Yeah, you know, it's West absolutely Ham. mad. I and mean, yeah, when you literally just go to West Ham, which is you know plus one or two or something like that, and then, yeah, you know, after was still mi- minus. And if you you know what's also crazy is you know we we lost nine nine nil to. To Liverpool and Man City in, in in our negative goal difference. So you know, out you know, apart from you know those big games and obviously you know the the Brentford one, we, we've we've been really solid. Um, which is um, you know credit a credit as I said a credit to Arteta and and what he's done over the last couple of months. But it could easily yeah. change for the worse over the next no. four to five weeks. I, I, look, what, what do you I think mean, about this game at Old Trafford, boy? What, what, what do you think? You... I'm very... Um, I don't know what to think about it. It's a real... Which is a tough one, isn't it? Because, you know, if it had been... If fucking Watford hadn't scored those four goals and Man United and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer still be the manager, which would have been the case, I guarantee you, it was the, it was the four goals that did, did it for him against Watford, then I'd be confident of getting... Absolutely confident of getting a draw, if not winning. Because they're a shambles, absolutely fucking shambles. But already, you can tell that they're shape, shaping themselves up. And I watched the game today, and they looked they looked instantly organised, and they were pressing. You know, second half particularly, they pressed 
really pretty well. And they have got some, you know, they've got some of the best, some world, loads of world-class players. It's, it's astonishing that, that they're below us in the league, frankly, the amount of money they've spent. And the Ronaldo issue, I think the Ronaldo issue was pulling them apart and was an absolute disaster for them. And interestingly, Jamie, Jamie Carragher did have this brilliant f- argument with Roy Keane. And I, I tweeted, I, I don't think even Roy Keane believed what he was saying, because Roy Keane ended up saying, Carragher was like, why did you, why did Man United buy um, Cristiano Ronaldo? You know, hoping that they could get, be the final step to win the league. And, and Roy Keane was like, no, we brought him to win cups. And I was like, what are you talking about? They came second in the league last year. And I'm sure, like, when they're, when they're buying... Sancho and Ronaldo they're not thinking oh, we're going to win some cups <laughs> are they? I was like absolutely incredulous at what you were saying and I do think he's brilliantly unbalanced them interestingly your friend and mine Ricky Lawrence um, uh, challenged me on Twitter and disagreed with me um, and you know he he can see why you know he was saying well Ronaldo is one of the best players in the world which is what Roy Keane was saying but if you're one of the best players in the world you can still disrupt a team the balance of a team and that's exactly what he's done despite all the goals anyway so I feel I'd be fascinated to know whether they're going to play Ronaldo against us for a start because it's effectively the first game for the new manager isn't it because um, Michael Carrick had one this one game today and now the new guy this new German genius is coming in who is going to m- make them press like no other you know, coach or manager has ever made anyone press apparently and how we cope with that and what our tactics are and what our team selection is. It's going to be fascinating. I have no idea what the fuck's going to happen. I think anything could happen. Obviously, literally anything could happen. Well, uh, you're right in that respect. I think it's probably a good thing we are playing them early on in his reign. If you're trying to change the Do style of a, of a team quite drastically, mm. I think you you probably want to get in um, early doors before they've really had time to, to bed in and get used to a new philosophy. I think Gary Neville was on Twitter alluding to you know, querying quite whether Michael Carrick had really picked the team today or maybe, you know, the yeah. new person, presumably oh, Randy, sure. um, yeah. was influencing that decision because it seemed to be quite different to the um, to the decisions taken for the important Champions League game away in Villarreal. So, yeah, I, I, I think Arsenal will, will get a result. I think it probably will be a draw. And I think that's, you know, credible yeah. and a, a success and, and keeps up this sort of impressive recent period of momentum. And you know what? If we go there and we lose, it's really not not the end of the world in terms of, you know, Arsenal's sort of season-long ambitions of, of trying to hit that fourth spot. I do think it's important to go there and put in a, a performance. You know, I, I, we, we can't have a, a, a... We can't have a Brighton performance. We can't have, a, you know a Liverpool and a Man City. I think we've got to go there and I think, you know, we've got to show that we are capable to actually mix it with with the likes of Manchester United who, at the start of the season, you know, they were one of the favourites along with Chelsea, Liverpool and Man City to win the league and now they're fighting for top four with, you know, West Ham, Arsenal and, who you know, those are the teams around us. Um, so, you know, their, their, their season's completely changed and, and, you know, in the direction of, Right, we just we just need to make sure that we're in the Champions League places come the end of the thirty-eight games. And I think for us to be able for that for the team to believe to really really believe that maybe there's an outside chance that we can pip, pip them, I think we've got to go there and, and and have a good performance. Even if, as Josh says, it's not the worst thing in the world if we lose, but we've got to go there and say you know come out of it and say we we gave a real good go of it. Agree. Rousing, arousing Churchillian speech. Well, it's just they're also like our record at Old Trafford over the years and, and Ollie and I have been up there many a time together and I know, Boyd, you've, you've been up there as well. 
our record there is not amazing uh, over mm. the years. And I think that plays into just the thoughts of, you know, what a, a draw would be a, a, a big sort of, you know, not a big success, oh, be... but a strong, a strong success. And I think we're, yeah. we're capable of doing it. I don't think this is a Liverpool or a City. I think this is more, you know, we can take heart from the way, let's say we played at Leicester. You know, I think we're all in that sort of similar group of teams at the moment. And, you know, if we can replicate what we did for at least a half at Leicester and what we've seen at other points this season, then... We've got a good chance. So what are you going to go for? What's your official prediction? One all, boys. One all. Ollie. Oh, God. I, I, don't, I, I don't think we're going to... I think we'll lose. I think we're going to lose uh, 2-1. I've got a feeling we're going to lose as well. Um, sad to say, yeah. I just think the new manager bounce, I feel like... Yeah, I feel like they've got to stop. You know, they've got to get. They're getting their act together already a bit. You know, two wins in a two. Well, we're sorry, I'm beating two two games, which for them is good. I don't know. I'm going to say one nil to them. I'm excruciating one nil to Man United, slightly pessimistically. Mm. But then um, four days yeah. later, tough. And I, yeah, well, and, we will we will do a podcast before Everton, won't we, boys? Yes, of course. Yes, yes. Ollie, don't we get will. ahead of yourself. I don't know. You've got only three days to do it over the weekend. You might not. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's going to be a tight. It's going to be a tight squeeze. You're absolutely right. But we'll 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 pull it out of the bag. We but will, it is an interesting will. schedule. Yeah, you're right. It's got a weird Thursday at fifteen. Then then Monday. Then Monday Monday night football. It's slightly weird. Um, but if we can get, you know, if we can manage to go and get, I, I was saying, I watched that group. I think at four points would be unbelievable. Absolutely incredible yeah, if we managed to get four same. points. Um, although Rick, Rick, Ricky disagrees. Ricky disagrees. He thinks we should be, you know, trying to get. You know, we, he thinks we can easily pick up six. I, I don't think that's quite the case. Easily, um, easily. Ricky's I, on controversial form, isn't he? He's, uh, well, he's going to message me afterwards. I didn't quite say that, but um, I said to him, "Would you would you take four points now if I gave it to you?" He said, "No, I'd rather try for six, which I, I think is absolute madness. I think if we if you gave me four points tomorrow, I'd take your hand, bite your hand off." move on to the next game in Southampton and we got, you know, um, West Ham at home and we could be in a really, really good position in, in four games time. But football is a, a funny old game and, and as we know, one week it can all, it can all change and they are two tough games, two tough away games and in any season despite the form of Manchester United and the form of Everton. Yeah. No, you summed it up. You summed it up. Yeah. It's exciting. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, no wonder. It's, they're all on Amazon Prime, aren't they? That's why the slightly weird kickoffs, this mid, these midweek games. Um, it's Amazon Prime day, a couple of days. It, um, it is. We've got Tuesday fixtures, Wednesday fixtures, and then we conclude yeah. the Amazon Prime um, festive. Well, f- well, the first half of their two rounds that they have, they've got a round later in December. Yeah, Boxing Day, I think. Boxing yeah. Day, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I would expect you to know, boys, as a TV yeah. uh, aficionado. Oh, yeah. yeah. Boyd, I've so. just uh, had a realisation we are unlikely to do a podcast. I take it back fully. Really? I was well, confused. Got... What do you think, Boyd? You I think well, if we do it one Sunday, do one su- a week from tonight, can't we? We're doing this we, now, we... Sunday night. Okay, we, we, we'll do it. We'll do it for the masses. It, for because the masses, of our yeah. influ- influence that yeah. we found out that we Let's... have. Exactly. And um, by the way, other rival podcasts do, you know, they do like every fucking game, you know, m- religiously. They sure. do like, so we should, we should take that as an example and uh, be, and yeah, work hard. Anything and else do. you want to change about the stadium, Boyd, while we're, while we're here? 
Just to think about um, it, or we could get a campaign. Oli, anything? Oh, I mean, wanna... don't get me don't get me started on the general catering front. I mean, you know, it still leaves a lot to be desired. The general, yeah. Um, but you know, I don't want to. I get feel into like that. you've 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 tried to sort of improve that for many years, and that's not really happened. So we need a new yeah. focus, really. You know maybe what? We we're just, maybe we're, we can we're, just get the bagel guy back. Oh, bring back bagels, yeah. BBB, I, bring back. Bagels. I think we're very very fortunate that around the ground there is delightful cuisine. You're Absolutely, right. that's true. Yeah, we true. we got Islington on our doorstep, and um, there's plenty of delicious eateries. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, the food in the press room is amazing. I mean, you mm. must you must hear this. I'm sure Martin Kian will tell you. You know, no, Arsenal are known for it for years. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. is going back a couple of decades. Arsenal have always known as like, oh, if you've got a media game at Arsenal, you're okay because you get a lovely yeah. meal, you get well looked after. Yeah, yeah. But sadly, that's not quite filtered down to the. Uh, to the public, to the uh, cash spending public, I don't think anyway. Maybe they need to um, they need well, to get I, those caterers on board. The, I got a, got a hot chocolate on Saturday. That was fine. Oh, look, do you know what? I, I, I'll say this, as, and we'll sign off with this because we, we are witching on about yeah. stuff that is obviously coming across as extremely um, privileged and mm. um, entitled. And but the hot chocolate is decent. I'll give you that. Yeah. I will yeah. give you that for nothing. Is and of course, as winter comes. Uh, yeah, free, free at half time. Yeah, everything's free oh, at half time. Tastes even nicer drink, when it's free. Any, yeah. yeah, so um, I'm with you there on the hot chocolate front. Good okay. point. Well, well matched. Well matched. Ollie, uh, you, of course, you being a chocolate magnate, what, remind us of the name of your chocolate uh, company again. Seed and Bean. Um, Seed and Bean. Do you do? Gonna, I was going to say, get yourself. Do you do hot chocolate? Side. Uh, we don't do hot chocolate, but we got some okay. delightful Black Friday, Cyber Monday week. Black Friday weekend deal. So go, 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 buy, go buy, go buy, go buy, go for it, go for it. Maybe you want to branch out into hot chocolate soon. Maybe we could be the Wait. chocolate, the hot you chocolate know. supplier of Arsenal. That's yeah, it. Right. I need yeah. to get on the phone. Need to get in touch yeah. with me. Yeah, and we'll sort and we'll sort that out. Sort it out. Thank you, Ali. Thanks, Josh. And we will be back. I think with the special, with not a special, with the podcast after the menu game. No matter what happens. Cheers. Bye. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.